0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football
1: without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey.
0: You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy.
2: Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy and Ben Ayton It's the return of the preview shows. Yes, me and Ben have been back a couple of times to talk about transfers. We've given you transfer updates. You've heard from teams of players that we've signed uh, teams from uh, I could have said that so much better, but sod it, we'll go with it. Um, <laughs> this time round, it's it's back what we love doing the most, talking about football, competitive football. And to top it all off, we're back in the promised land of the Premier League, Watford versus Aston Villa, Saturday, 3pm at the Vic. I am so, so buzzing. And as always, I get to chat with Ben about it. Ben, how are you doing, mate? Everything all good?
0: Uh, good evening, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm all good. I had a busy couple of days. I'm aching as well. Um, on Saturday, I went to Vicarage Road, uh, took, took my daughter, Isla, along. Um, she met GT. I had a lovely photo um, at the statue. Um, then last night, pulled my calf, playing six-a-side football. i uh, been hobbling ever since. And then I've, I've been double-jabbed as well. So my arm's now aching. So um, I'm starting to ache, mate. I don't know if that's old age creeping in or not.
2: I was going to say, gosh, somewhere... Some few days for you that's been I I don't know how you're coping mate I really don't at least you are <laughs> double jab you can go on holiday now and not have to I, quarantine
0: I, I, I can but I I might need a PA to fill out all those forms that you need to go <laughs> on holiday because um, I've seen that it's quite a lot isn't it it's ridiculous
2: it is indeed I've talking of being <laughs> double jabbed I've got my uh, second jab next a week on Friday um so i'm just looking forward to normality obviously as well I, I, you might think we we we're going off topic already but just to link it back to Watford um, it looks like the Brighton game are asking for COVID passports and proof of double vaccination, uh, or if you've not been vaccinated yet, you can provide a negative test, providing it's done a couple of days before, I think I read.
0: Didn't they want to introduce something like that for like October, that you've got to be double-jabbed to enter Premier League games? Is that yeah. something I've seen? I feel Is that's that massively right. unfair,
2: because... My brother, for example, 17 years old. Uh, they've not started rolling them out yet, or they are very close to. Uh, he won't be double-jabbed for October. So, I think that's massively unfair if, if that is the case. But, uh, yeah, there, there was some rumours. The Premier League have also announced today uh, that they will be doing... Clubs will be doing random spot checks on people entering the games to check that they have either A, been double-vaccinated, or B, given a negative test. So, uh, they're, they're they're being very thorough on it. So... You're yeah, right, the, old
0: palaver trying to get into a Vic, oh, mate, along go. with the old e-car system.
2: Yeah, yeah. I saw, uh, I saw Liverpool fans had a similar problem in a uh, pre-season friendly the other day. I, I saw run. that.
0: I'm leaving tonight. I'm going to stop. <laughs> can...
2: Yeah, yeah. Go down with a tent tonight, then. That's probably the best thing. <laughs> um, Park.
0: It's Wimbledon.
2: Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's great to be back. It's great to talk about an actual competitive game of football. Obviously, nonetheless, back in the Premier League as well, because uh, the last couple of podcasts have just been transfer news. Now, um, it wouldn't be a Voices of the Vic podcast without us talking about some transfer news. Uh, <laughs> there, there has been a couple of bits since we last recorded. We also, on that note, we hope you enjoyed that podcast. The, the feedback that we get back on every single one of them is uh, is absolutely superb. Um, the the. The first place to start is we've signed another player, Ben. We've signed Juraj. I'm probably, by the way, I'm probably going to absolutely butcher this pronunciation as I always do. We've signed Juraj Kuka. Now he's a Slovakian international. He's 34 years old. He's joined from Italian side Parma, two million pounds. Now, can you remember the last player signed from Parma, Ben, and how good he was?
0: Yeah, Minari, wasn't oh, it? Yeah, um, man. He was brilliant. It it felt like we had him longer than a season. Um, yeah. The impact he actually gave us as well. And he was quite a good-looking gentleman <laughs> as well with his beard, was, wasn't he?
2: He was indeed. He was a very cool, collective character, definitely. Yeah. Um, and, so,
0: and wasn't he over the age of 30 as well? He was indeed, yes. He was. So. Just, just shows that these people over the age of 30 can still do a job. Because uh, we've seen a lot of negativity over the age, haven't we? But well, I think you, you kind of need these signings, don't you?
2: Yeah, we, we're going to talk about that, you in know, in, in a little while because you, you've hit the nail on the head there. Um, he, he obviously joins with with more than a decade of experience of playing at a high level, having turned out for the likes of AC Milan, Genoa, Spore. Uh, he's a cultured midfielder, Cuco or Cucho, I think they call him. He's made 86 appearances for his national side, most recently appearing at this summer's Euro 2020. Uh, ben did remind me as well that he actually scored a goal against Spain. <laughs> uh, but it sounded like, uh, I, I'm trying, for the life of me, I'm trying to remember what it was like, but the way Ben explained it was, it wasn't it was it wasn't as bad as the Bravcas, let's put it that way. Um, and it sounded like he, he couldn't really do much about it but again you know experience it with his national side as well and he's played in both a holding midfielder role and further up the pitch scoring 13 times and notching 5 assists in the last 2 seasons for Parma now Ben you you said something very very interesting there this, this got a lot of a lot of angry responses purely because of his age, 34. He's not getting any younger. He's not played in a Premier League before. But to me, I'm going to throw a name out there that this sort of replicates to me, and this, this reminds me of Valon Barami-style signing. A player who is a little bit older, he's experienced in other leagues, and it sounds like this guy, and he certainly looks it, he's a bloody hard bugger.
0: Yeah, well, I watched um, the WD18 lads um earlier on today and they were talking about this and yeah, they both described him as like a Valon Barami kind of uh, signing and, and it is um, just bringing someone from Italy as well the age, the kind of midfielder he is a bit of bite into that midfield and we kind of need that bit of bite in midfield don't we? And for him to, to come over as well with um, <laughs> his reputation as well um, because he's a bit of a hard man um, over in Italy Italy um, for Savacchio as well. Yeah. Uh, and, but he's not just a hard man, he plays good football. Um, yeah. He gets he gets about the pitch. His energy levels are brilliant as well. Um, when we announced that we were signing him, we, we stuck out a few videos on our Twitter feed just to have a look at what kind of player he was and what kind of goals he scored. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a midfielder who makes late runs into a box, he gets his heads on to the end of quite a lot of crosses. He's very. Quite tall, so he's going to be a threat from it, um, set pieces for Watford. His energy levels are ridiculous. Um, box to box, uh, he can capitalise on mistakes from midfielders, which we saw in a video we actually shared. Um, capitalise on a mistake in the Northern Ireland midfield, and then he just ran through and go and slotted it past the keeper really calmly. Um, And then he's actually did a David Beckham-esque goal from a halfway line as well. Uh Um, So he's an all-rounder, really, but I am looking forward to him. Is he someone who's going to come in and start straight away? Um, I'm not sure whether he's going to start. I think he's going to be a grower, whereas he's going to come off the bench for the first few games. If he makes a a good impression, then I can see him maybe narrowing down a um, starting spot in Cisco's um, starting eleven.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And... You know, I, I think it is important to have characters like this. I get frustrations of fans because, you know, um, we we should really be signing maybe younger players, players that know the league. Uh, it has since come out. I, I can't remember where I read it, whether it was the Athletic or somewhere else, but it has since come out that we are still in the market for somebody who has played in this league. Um, so, you know, it, it, it is clear that this isn't the signing that we were looking to make, but. We still need to get players through the door. At the end of the day, we've got two midfielders who we heavily relied on last season and were such key parts of the promotion-winning team who, A, one of them has rejected the contract and, B, the other one is sort of exploring his options, uh, Will Hughes and Nathaniel Chalabra, obviously, I'm talking about. So we need to get people through the door because midfield at the moment is looking very sort of light on the ground. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think this isn't going to be as bad as people think and... You know, he's he's not gonna be afraid to get stuck in, he's not gonna be afraid to, you know, you get his get his body about and he he's he has got, you know, a fair bit of class about him as well, you know, he's not just an absolute hard nut. So it's gonna be interesting to see what sort of role he plays in Cisco's team this year. But I certainly welcome it with open arms. You know, any any player that signs for Watford, I'll always give him the chance to show that he wants to fight for the shirt and you know, he. Just judging off his pictures, you sort of get that Vladimir Ivic vibe, you know. I think your tweet made me laugh, Ben, off your personal account saying uh, no ID, no entry sort of thing. So, yeah, he, uh, he does. He, he looks, looks
0: like to a top. bouncer, doesn't he? he when does. you, you're trying to enter Oceana and he's the one who's yeah. like, no, you can't come and you're wearing trainers or yeah, there's exactly. too many boys, you got to go away.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what, what sort of influence he brings to the side. And, yeah, he, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think he can you know, he can be a player that comes off the bench and maybe if you win him one 2 nil he can sort of, you know, break things up in the middle and, and sort of control things a little bit as well. So, uh, I, I'm certainly not all doom and gloom, but I understand why people might have their moans and groans being 34, but I'd, I'd be more worried if he was a main midfielder that we were looking to sign and he was going to be playing week in, week out at 34 years old. So, um, yeah. Um, the next... The next bit of transfer news as well um, is regarding Ishmael Assar. You know, it wouldn't be a transfer window if it wasn't Ishmael Assar. Spurs actually look to be considering a move for him. Now, Watford are intending to price the winger out at a potential transfer by valuing him at £50 million, uh, 50 million million. And it's Eurosport that have, uh, have have said that. Now, Ben, we obviously know all too well transfer window adds Ishmael Assar. It's always going to come up. Oh, for one, this is a non-runner for me. I can't see this happening at all, can you?
0: Yeah, it's a non-runner. Whenever we put out transfer rumours, um there's always a few people coming on and they tag Luwan's into it because he knows his stuff and he knows who's reliable in it. And he says straight away this worst of the worst as in sources, um Eurostar, uh, Eurosport, um they don't they don't really come out with anything. So it's complete and utter nonsense. Um but it, it just makes you think, doesn't it, that there could be a team that could come out of nowhere to put in an offer for Ismail Lassar, but because it's only what's ever there, there's a couple of days before our first game of the season, two weeks before the transfer window actually closes, it would be suicidal for Watford to even contemplate a, a, letting Saar go, even if an offer of 60 70 million comes in. I think Saar's worth more than that to Watford for like the worth of being in the Premier League. Yeah, um, it, it would. Mean more to Watford to stay in the Premier League for like sixty, seventy million. If if we was to receive an offer like that, so um, it's a non-runner for me. Um, but Watford wouldn't entertain it, would they? Not not this close to the end of a window.
2: No, I I, I think again you you're spot on there with the fact of it being so close. You know, it's we, we're speaking on Tuesday night. By the way, ladies and gents, um, the facts of the matter if the the. the the season starts on Saturday. If we were to entertain a bid now, you know, we're we, we, we playing, it, it's suicidal. It really, really is. I can't see it happening whatsoever. Um, I, I personally only see Spurs having the money to do that if Harry Kane is to go. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're obviously still paying out a lot of money for that stadium that they've got. Very, very impressive stadium. But uh, I, I think this is a non-runner. We're obviously going to report it because it's to do with Watford. But, you know, I, thankfully I can't see this one coming off and I think Saar's probably got his high sets um, he's sort of he's looking higher than, than Spurs because you know no disrespect to Spurs but they're in the Europa Conference League, Saar wants to be playing Champions League I've no doubt about that so uh, yeah I, I can't see this one going anywhere really um, <laughs> watch this actually go through now that we've all said this but yeah uh, fingers crossed he doesn't uh, and then <laughs> another transfer um, rumour, is West Brom have set their sights on getting Andre Gray to the Hawthorns either on loan or in a permanent deal. Uh, Gray scored 21 goals in 125 appearances for Watford. Now, this one, Ben, Gray was linked with a move to, him, uh, to West Brom last season when they were in the Premier League and we were in the Championship. Yeah. I think if he's going to go on loan, funnily enough, I was speaking to my boss about this earlier, um, if he's going to go out on loan, then we obviously need to offload some players that are on ridiculous wages. I think I read somewhere before that Andre Gray is on the excess of 70 to 75 grand a week, which is quite frankly a lot of money. Um, if we are going to let him go out on loan, I can't see West Brom in the Championship forking all that out. I see West Brom at best, and this is at best, forking out maybe 15 grand a week. So we're still going to be lumbered with a fair proportion of his. Wage, and to be honest, even if he went on a permanent, you know we might have to supplement his wages for a little bit so it's um, it's an interesting one where Where do you stand on this one? Do you see this one going through, or do you think again this is a bit of a non runner
0: I see it potentially going through I think if Andre Gray is going to move it's going to be to a championship club um Premier League clubs aren't going to be interested in him with this um his recent run a form really um, especially if you've seen him have a shot against Kings Langley in a pre-season friendly that cleared the stadium uh, fantastic video that was um, but he he was actually from the black country wasn't he I mean, he, he came through for academy at Wolves um, so his family are probably still in the area so that might be Close links to maybe getting him back to West Brom. I know his missus is pregnant at the moment, and they've bought a house in Surrey. So I've seen recently that they've been linked to. Uh, he's been linked to QPR. Um, so that's probably in the area of Surrey, um, especially with his missus being pregnant. Um, I can't imagine he would want to maybe move to the Midlands, but the Midlands would be an option for him with the close ties to the Black Country that he, he might have as well. Mm. Um, I don't think he's going to be at the club. At the end of a transfer window, it's just which championship side is going to um, maybe put up the most money for Andre Gray's wages.
2: Yeah, I think that's the sticking point, really, to be honest, because he's on a lot of money and that is going to put off a lot of teams. You know, we knew that Middlesbrough were perhaps interested as well, but there's not a snowballing hell's chance that they're going to be able to fork out those wages. And he would have to take a rather considerable you know, consider a pay cut. Whether that would mean we would supplement his wages in any way, shape or form, which we don't really want to be doing. We want to get these high-paid players off the books a little bit. I think someone on Twitter and apologies if this was you and I'm not crediting you, but it's just because I can't remember who tweeted it. But I think they said it's not that we haven't got the money. Oh, no, it is. It's purely because we're spending such money, such big money on, on contracts for players is, is a reason that we can't fork out. You know, we've we've been linked with uh, O.K. Yuxalu or Yokulsu, the, the the chap from West Brom, and it now looks like he's going to be going to Wolves. You know, Mateus Pereira, he's gone over to Abu Dhabi, I think it is, or Saudi Arabia. We missed out on him as well. I don't know how true the links were with us and him, but another brilliant player we could have had, I think Agent Greed probably took over that one in the end. But, you know, we... the the reason we can't fork out for these type of players is because we're spending so much on wages and we need to offload these players off the books so it's going to be interesting to see if anyone does come in for Andre Gray the QPR link I could probably see more um he, he, certainly he not... used
0: to play under Mark Warburton as well at Brentford. He did,
2: yes. Uh, I was going to say as well, the, the, the rivalry link doesn't seem to put him off because he obviously played for that <laughs> team in Bedfordshire that we won't name, the L word. Uh, so he obviously used to play for QPR. Their rivals are Brentford. So, uh, Sorry, he obviously used to play for Brentford and their rivals are QPR. So that obviously wouldn't put him off as well. So uh, to be honest, I think QPR might suit him better. Um, he might be able to strike up some form of partnership with Charlie Austin, I don't know. But it's going to be interesting to see if someone does fork out for him and and what happens with his wages to see if we do supplement it or he just has to swallow it and, you know... um take take a big pay cut so be interesting ones keep an eye on uh, just a couple of confirmed ones as well uh, Pontus Dolberg we've seen he's joined League One outfit Doncaster Rovers on a season long loan he did make his debut at the weekends in the defeat to AFC Wimbledon Ben we, we we expected him to go out alone, but we certainly didn't expect him to go out on loan in this country and we sort of said that it'd be good if we can get sort of a Championship League One loan so Really, Ben, this this is perfect all round, do you not think?
0: Yeah, no, I think it's fantastic. We both said we wanted him to go out to an EFL club. That's where you're going to learn the trade. That's how you're going to get used to the physicality of the English um, leagues. Um, but honestly, I thought he was going to end up going back to Sweden for another season, but it's fantastic to see him get a, a, a loan spell in England. Um, I think Doncaster, a good club for him, is obviously going to play week in, week out for them because um, his quality is just brilliant. Um it's going to be interesting to see how he gets on this season. Um, it's, I'm going to be k- keeping a close eye on Doncaster because obviously they've got the youngster as well, and Thiago um yeah. the, the young Turkish um, striker. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic move for him. And it's, it's just another indication of the loan manager that Watford's appointed, isn't it? That we've sent a lot of players out on loan. I think we've nearly um, sent out a whole team out on loan. Um, the amount of players we've sent, um, and they're all going to good clubs and good standards for them. Um, so yeah, I think League One's very good for Dolberg.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, completely agree. Definitely the top of loan that he needed. Uh, as we record as well, it's a Carabao Cup first round, and Dolberg is starting for Doncaster away at Walsall, and it is currently nil 0 in the forty-eighth minute. Uh, another another loanee of ours who's playing at the. Chuchur as well is on the bench, by the way, for, for Doncaster. Um, another loanee of ours, he's currently playing for Gillingham. 64th minute there, 1-1 with Crawley. Uh, and then AFC Wimbledon are winning 1-0. And Debu- uh, Mabude actually got the assist for uh, Osu. I don't know if I've pronounced that right. So, it, on the off chance, there's any Wimbledon fans listening, if I've hammered that pronunciation, please don't kill me. But, yeah, it's I good to see... Fine. Mabouda's <laughs> got the assist, it says here, uh, and they're beating Charlton as well. So that's quite a quite a scalp for them. Uh, so, yeah, it's good to see the Lone Lads getting some game time as well, which is really, really good. Um, and then be, uh, another loney that we've seen go out, Philip Zinconagel. This one was met with mixed reviews. Uh, ben, before you tell me your view on it... Uh, Philip Zinconogles joined Nottingham Forest on a season-long loan uh, and he made his debut at the weekend in a 2-1 defeat to Coventry. Ben, there's been mixed reviews because people are saying we could have done with him this season. People are saying it's a good move. What What's your thoughts on this move?
0: Um, it's, you can probably tell by my, my, my <laughs> sigh. Um, it's, it's one of those where I don't think last year he, he really set the world alight or he never he never played like James Garner where he was really dull he was just a, he was a 6 out of 10 really um and eagle. Uh i don't think he really warranted a premier league start um starting 11 place i think he was maybe going to be more of a bench player maybe come off the bench and make an impact because he he does have a quality uh, where he can create opportunities out of nothing um i think he created probably the most chances for Watford last season when he joined in january um so he does have that about him. But when I was watching him last year I thought he was a bit lightweight. Um mm. and I felt like he needed to get used to the English footballer for a bit longer. Um so I think it's a good it's a good loan move. Um I, I do think we've still got options at the club. Um I'm not too worried that we've we've sent him out and we're gonna maybe lose the quality that Zincan Eagle's got because um, we've got to look at the players we've brought in as well. I think Emmanuel Dennis is a good sign-in. I think he can maybe create something out of nothing. He, he looks like he can take a set of pieces. After his free kick he took against Palace, which nearly went in. Mm. Um, I think we've got Quinner, who's... Um, if he can stay fit, I think he can be brilliant. And he, he's another good technical player who can maybe unlock the defences. Um, so I do think we've got players who can maybe step in instead of Zink and eagle i just think it's important for his his development in english football to get a year under his belt playing week and week out in a championship when fans are there as well because he didn't experience that last year um but like playing in the championship with no fans that's an experience but playing with fans as well that's going to build him as a character and as a player so it'll be interesting to see how he gets on
2: yeah definitely i i think he he can definitely do something at Forest as well. You know, I, I was uh, around uh, friends watching the game because, obviously, you know, some Nottingham Forest supporting friends uh, where I live at the moment. And, you know, Brennan Johnson, for one, he was on loan at Lincoln last year. He would certainly looked the live wire and Loyal Taylor knows where the back of the net is as well from time to time. So, uh, Joe Lolly on the other side as well. They They can definitely, you know, if they utilise it properly, they can definitely... The, the the opportunities there to maybe create something for them and uh, you know uh, just Phillips Canargo I think it was over five or six assists he ended the season on which is quite impressive really when you think about him being a bit part player uh, so we know that he's got it in the locker and hopefully this loan spell does him well so we we wish him all the best at Nottingham Forest this season uh, and then just a couple of other bits of news. Um, irrelevant to transfers. Watford's meeting with Liverpool in October has been brought forward to a lunchtime kick-off. Uh, so Liverpool will now visit Vicarage Road at 12.30pm on October the 16th, which is a Saturday. Uh, and that fixture's been chosen for BT Sport. I wonder why. Hmm. Maybe <laughs> it's to do with the 3-0 win that we absolutely demolished them in 1920 season. Uh, that'll rattle a few Liverpool fans. Uh, and then lastly, but definitely not least do not forget to join our fantasy football league on the official premier league website app um you can do it on whatever uh the the code is lowercase l x u four h n and that's n for november not m for mother uh so l x u four h n for november uh make sure you join it Uh, We are going to try and sort a prize for the winner as well, so at least we've got something to play for. Uh, There's already a fair few of you in there, so fair play if you've already joined. Tell your Watford supporting mates to join as well and make sure you join our Fantasy Football League to see. To to put our premier league knowledge to the test and uh, if you can beat the uh if you can beat the hosts of voices of the vic then fair play to you dev got um, no
0: problems with you because you always come bottom mate. <laughs>
2: <laughs> thanks for reminding me ben i was uh, i was going to try and keep that under wraps but you've just absolutely sold me down the river um but ben I've, I've said it there the premier league is back let's talk about the first premier league game of the season um you know, we we were speaking to an Aston Villa fan uh, a, a little bit earlier, and you'll hear that interview shortly. But it, you never know how to take pre-season results. You you always look about. It's always about getting minutes in legs, and it's always about trying to see if there's a performance and everything else. It's not results-wise being the most positive pre-season, but I always look back to that 1920 season, the season we went down. I'm sure we beat Ajax that season. In yeah, pre-season. We, <laughs> we 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 won every single game. Ajax had just been to the Champions League final, um, or the Champions League semi final, I should say, sorry. Um, or was it the final? I, I don't know. They'd been to the semi or the final. Um, and we won every game and then we went down. So results wise doesn't really bother me. It's all about getting performances and, and whether we look sort of convincing. Is there any particular area, Ben, that you, you do worry about in this coming season that, and you hope that we strengthen um, in, in these coming weeks of the transfer window?
0: Oh, um, I, I've said it in the last couple of podcasts, I think we need another centre-half to come in because I don't really want to get to the situation where we have to throw Caf K Onto the pitch, Um, no disrespect to him. I've said that he's been a fantastic servant for the club, but he's he's um, he's he's not as good as he used to be. Let's just put it that way. I don't want to be disrespectful or anything. Um, His better days are behind him. Um, I feel like we need to get someone a bit younger in, um, someone with a bit of potential that we can um, grow into a, a, a really good. Um, centre-half we've seen it before with the likes of Serie to come in young player not a lot of experience but he's taken to English football like Dr. Walter hasn't he and he's been fantastic so if we could get another signing like that I think it'd be brilliant also the, the centre midfield situation isn't it with the whole Susie and Chalaba um, uh, maybe one more centre midfielder to come in with a bit of Premier League experience at um, Adam Leventhal was spoken about, that like Watford are possibly looking at. Um, I don't know who that could possibly be, but um, as long as it's not Fabian Delph, I'll be happy. Some are <laughs> suggesting it could be him. What yeah. what would it be if it was
2: Fabian Delph? What is it that puts you off with him then?
0: I just didn't like the way he um, acted at Aston Villa before he left mm-hmm. for Everton. That's yeah. kind of stuck in my head because um, you've seen it before you have fans a bit like Brendan Rodgers really wasn't it when he was Watford manager mm. said he was very happy to be at Watford two days later um, signed a contract with Reading didn't he and that's what happened um, with Delft with Villa and then joined um, Everton so it called him a snake afterwards didn't they I think
2: so, it was when he
0: joined Man City wasn't it oh was it Man City yeah I think so yeah Man City yeah, um, so, yeah, yeah. I get what you but, mean um, I, I, I think he's just a um, he's a bit of an enforcer, isn't he? I don't think there's much else to his game. He's not he's not a passer of the ball. He, he doesn't really chip in with goals. He breaks up play. That's about it. But you was speak we were speaking to the Villa fan earlier, and you were saying your last game was the three two defeat to Everton. That's what um, Fabian they got sent off, in that <laughs> game, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah,
2: and I <laughs> thought yes, we have got it wrapped up here. Nice win. Because uh, I was heading straight to Birmingham after that game. So I thought, happy days, nice win, travel down to Birmingham, have a few beers, happy days. Yeah, didn't quite work out like that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> he, he he did lose his head and, and they obviously went on to win there. But um, Ben, you mentioned there just, just a minute ago how you won another centre mid, uh, centre half, sorry. And this is where I hold my hands up. The last podcast you said that, I was very quick to say, no, I don't think we do. I think we're all right. Yeah. Um, I do now think we probably could do with another centre back because, God forbid, and such words, this doesn't happen. If Kong or if Sierra Elter or Christ, if both of them were to get injured, that would leave Craig Kafka Cabacelli Now Cabacelli he has he, usually, he sometimes has a mistake in him. I, I, I've said that, and I'll always go back to that Everton game where it sort of scars me a little bit. But you can't and. Again, I don't want to be disrespectful, but I do think that Craig Kafka isn't the type of player that we need playing in the Premier League. He was good last season when we relied on him, when he played a couple of minutes here and there, when he had to fill in uh, you know, the odd game, but he certainly wouldn't be able to play regular minutes in the Premier League. And I, to be honest, I don't know whether he, he would be able to even come on and, and maybe try and do a job like he did last season in the Championship. So... I do think we could benefit, but you said you'd quite like someone, a young, promising centre-back that we could maybe mould into a first-team starter like Sierra Elta. Do you not see Matty Pollock as that player that you've described, or do you think he's too inexperienced having come up from League 2?
0: Yeah, there's too much of a big gap. Um, He he came from Serie B, I think he was playing for was there in Poli, and he was on loan now, yeah. um, and then he it was Serie A, so it's, and League Two's a massive difference, isn't it, really, to those kind of leagues, so I think it's a bit of a, 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 bit, bit of a risk, a bit of a jump, um, we've not seen much of him, he's not really featured in many pre-season games, Well, will not for any um, games that we could have watched, I think he featured in the very early couple, that was behind closed doors at the training grounds, but, know what the fans have managed to watch him yet I don't know whether he's had a little knock or something but um it's I don't think he'll be an established centre half at Watford until maybe about two three seasons down the down the road
2: yeah it, it's it's one that I want to keep a close eye on because we we haven't I know we did it with uh Ben Wilmot but we don't tend to since the Potsos have come around we don't tend to sign players from lower leagues and, and bring them through anymore so it, it is one that's going to be interesting because he's not really played that many games um, in pre-season either I think the last game he played was I think it was a Colchester game uh, at the training ground and we saw him at, um, in the Ben Foster video so it's going to be very very interesting now turning our attention to obviously well we already have but talking about the Villa game um, a regular feature which me and Ben had last season, more towards the start of the season, it sort of tailed off a little bit towards the end for one reason or another but we always tried and speak to a opposition f- um, podcast a fan page, a YouTube channel, whatever it may be uh, me and Ben spoke to Cole from the 7500 to Holt podcast um, to get the lowdown on Aston Villa and what to expect in Watford's first game back at the, um, in the Premier League. Uh, so we're gonna, you we're gonna go to an ad break, and then after the ad break, you will hear the interview with Cole from the 7500 to Holt podcast. If you're looking to buy a property, give Property Prize Guru a call. They specialise in helping buyers on their property search and can even negotiate on your behalf, potentially saving you thousands. Email info at propertyprizeguru.co.uk and use reference house 07, that's house 07, for a discounted rate. Yep, yeah, I'm delighted to say we are joined by Cole from the 7500 to Holt podcast, the Aston Villa podcast. It's the first opposition preview and it's we, we, we're speaking to Opposition Podcasts again. Me and Ben obviously did this last season, and then it sort of trickled out a little bit for, for one reason or another. So we're delighted to say, me and Ben, that we are now going to be speaking to to Opposition Podcasts again this season. something we, we really look forward to, and we know you listeners really enjoyed that feature from last year as well when we did it. Like I say, I am delighted to be joined by Cole, um, who is from the Aston Villa podcast, and I think Cole, it's it's probably best to uh, to start with the most obvious topic surrounding Aston Villa at the moment. Uh, last week we saw Jack Grealish leave to join Man City for a um, British record transfer fee of one hundred million pounds. Um, how big of a blow is it to lose someone of his quality, and what is the overall feeling in the Villa fan base about Jack leaving his boy club?
1: Um, it's. It's a weird one that I think a lot of people. Um, I feel like it's kind of gotten a little bit easier as the days go on. It's like kind of like breaking up with your first girlfriend. It hurts for a little bit, and then you just you know what? Eventually, it just you realize like it is what it is. There's other fish in the sea, I guess you could say. But uh, it's it, it's a tough one. I mean, being at a club for 19 years, um, I think a lot of people kind of forget to separate the person from the the professional really. Um so at the end of the day you know what he wants to make his money he wants to do his own thing he wants to win titles um would I love to for that to be villa forever of course will we win a title um a lot of more work is done to compete with the man cities and chelseas etc of this world so um I, I think i kind of boil it down to a player that is kind of ahead of our schedule um to be honest it's probably pretty darn impressive that we've kept him for this long at the age of 25 it'll be 26 i think next month so he'll probably go to city for well it's a six-year deal so i'd imagine he'll probably be there for at least four to six years you would imagine Mm. if everything goes to plan and i don't know maybe he comes back one day i don't really want to discuss that too much because i know people will probably have my head for just even saying that but uh (laughs) No, at the end of the day, it sucks and everything, but uh, it's just another player. I know, speaking to some older fans, um, they've seen worse. Uh, we've been through worse, so you know what? It's uh, It sucks, but it's also £100 million, so um, I <laughs> yeah. can't really complain too much.
0: Yeah, £100 million, pounds and I think you've, you've had a busy transfer window already. We've seen the likes of Brendeer join from Norwich for £34 million. Danny Ings from Southampton came out of absolutely nowhere, that transfer deal. £31 million pounds that was. Leon Bailey joined from Bo and layser for 28000000 million. We've seen the return of Ashley Young from Inter Milan on a free transfer. You've got the youngster back from Manchester United, for centre-half. Um, are you happy with the business you've done so far, and which signings have impressed you the most?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a great response. I mean, when Buendia was arguably brought in maybe to say to Jack, stay, look at what we're building. Um, I think really our transfer plan, and I mean, uh, Christian Perslow, our CEO, even came out and said with that video, which I think is brilliant for that, yeah. to be that clear. Fantastic, yeah. Um, it, basically, a lot of these signings sounded like they were going to happen with or without Jack, and there was a plan in place for either. So, I mean... Kind of coming from the days of uh, Paul Lambert, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, Steve Bruce, when there was no planning, ownership was shoddy as all hell, and you really didn't know what tomorrow was going to bring. It's kind of great to have that clarity, great to have kind of that unity. And I mean, kind of looking at the signings individually, I think from just a fan base standpoint, Ashley Young is probably the feel good story, uh, especially for this summer, just kind of coming back. And even at his age, I mean, you can't go to enter and be poor and win a league title and have that much contribution. So he still kind of has something to give. I think, um, if anything, I think a lot of these signings bring a lot of tactical flexibility, uh, with two and Zebi coming back on a loan. I think kind of, we can maybe even go back to a three at the back. if We want to push Maddie cash and, uh, Maddie target kind of further up, uh, playing as wing backs. Um, Danny Ings is probably the most exciting in terms of the strike force one, but, I think Leon Bailey, for me, is probably the enigma that a lot of people are wondering. Um, is he going to be kind of one of the next big things in the Premier League? Maybe a little bit of a surprise. Because I know a few summers ago he was linked with the likes of Chelsea United. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of pundits kind of were kind of questioning, well, he is he that good, I guess I should say, in terms of, well, he was linked with the 60-pound move, but he's going for half of that to Villa. So I think there's a point to prove for him. Um, I guess for the fan base, we're hoping he's more of a kind of excellent talent more so than turning into a Bertrand Traore, which we all love. We appreciate what he does, um, but he does give away the ball too much. He is a little bit too flamboyant at times where he just needs to just drill it on goal and be a little bit more decisive. So I'd probably have to say Leon Bailey for that one.
2: Yeah, I I mean, Ben's just railed off some you know, fantastic signings there, Danny Ings, you know, Leon Bailey, Ashley Young, etc. I'm starting to wonder whether Southampton are actually going to have any players left because you've also <laughs> been linked with Jones or Prowse. Uh, you know, uh, obviously he's a completely different player to what Jacky is, but is
1: is he someone you'd welcome at the club? It's a weird one because our midfield, like, a, uh, our midfield's very short in terms of height, um, so the whole fan base right now is kind of looking at it and saying we need some height. But of course that doesn't really relatively mean anything. Um, maybe the odd time it does, if you're playing like old school Stoke or something like that, but we don't have to worry about that these days anymore. Thank God. But uh, when, when I kind of look at it, you have, we have Sanson in there, McGinn, um, Nakamba, Douglas Louise, once he comes back from his uh, little vacation after winning gold at the Olympics, Um, A few youth team players in there as well that can contribute. It's a very packed area. Now, of course, Connor Hurhan, we don't really know what's going on with him, if he's going to stay or go for the season two. So um, it's a tricky one because I was listening to another Villa podcast a few days ago, and they're kind of saying for the 40 plus million that Southampton want, and I guess it kind of falls into the Jack Grealish territory of meaning more to Southampton than he maybe would to us. And it's, would you pay 40 million really for a player that is usually a seven, sometimes he's an eight to a 10 and sometimes he's, you know, at a six and under, but are you really going to pay 40 plus million for a a seven rating? It's, it's really tough. And I think with the kind of defensive presence, we probably need in the middle, especially if we're going to play maybe two up top going forward. I think we need someone to be kind of a little bit more holding. Um, Nikamba is very inconsistent with his ball movement, great with the interceptions um, and sometimes with the passing, but overall it just maybe isn't kind of up to par. So with that all being said, um, I can't remember the other guy we were just linked with um, from Lens. I think, within the last couple days. Um, is that, that I believe so, yes. Um, I feel like there's so many decories out there, I just can't keep track of them. <laughs> but um, yes, thank you for saving me there. I think that's rumored to be £15 million. Pounds. And I feel wow. like that's more of a fit, to be honest. I, I still think there's going to be one move uh, with our ownership group, with the cash we have now. Um, there's always those couple players that come out at the very end of the window, and it's like, well, it's, they're, it's too good to pass up. So... We'll have to wait and see, um, but I, I just, I don't really think WordPress is for us, to be honest. Yeah, he might not be
0: for you, but I've also seen two more players that are playing in the Premier League linked with you as well: a Todd Cantway of, of um, North City and a Dwight McNeil, uh, Dwight McNeil of Burnley. Uh, he's been strongly linked in the last few days. Um, is that something that will probably come through towards the end of a transfer window, like you say, deals like that?
1: Um, McNeil's been linked with us for, I think probably since we almost came up, to be honest. Um, I just don't see, I mean, if it was going to happen, it's going to happen at the very end of the window. I don't see him leaving Burnley. I mean, I don't think they've really signed too many people if at all. And I mean, which is kind of sad with the new ownership they've kind of brought in. You thought they would have splashed some cash. Um, mm. I can't see him moving. Um, and uh, who was the other one he mentioned? Sorry, I'm having a brain. <laughs> uh,
0: Todd Cantwell of um, Norwich City.
1: Uh, Todd Cantwell. Um, I think he's another one in terms of Ward-Prowse. Um, 40-odd million, apparently, that Norwich want from him. I mean, that'd be great business for them. Again, um, leaves them incredibly short. We've already nicked probably their best player, um, <laughs> which kind of made make you question, you know what, selling Cantwell to us too. Do they even want to be in the Premier League? um so i can't see it and you know what it's almost kind of like buying a b tech grealish with how he looks and everything too so (laughs) um personally i can't see it if it was maybe half of that sure but just uh, i mean to be honest the valuations that players get now i just really question how anyone's worth that much um so yeah i can't see either of those two happening
2: Yeah, it's it is crazy. I mean, you know, we are going to move away from the transfer talk now with with Villa. But before we do that, it would be brilliant if you also took Todd Campwell because not only would have you taken their best player, you're taking another flair player of theirs. Uh, and they're a direct relegation threat for us, so it would be uh, it would be superb for us. But um, moving away from the transfers now, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we saw John Terry leave his assistant manager role as he wants to focus on becoming a manager himself. How how big of a blow do you think this
1: is to Dean Smith? Um, it's an interesting one because uh, Craig Shakespeare, of course, came in last yes. season. Um, and it's kind of interesting to see kind of the coinciding of him coming in and then the success. Um, of course, he's not on the pitch, so you have to leave that up to the players, the majority. But um, I always kind of wondered with Shakespeare coming in last season what that means for Terry. Um, much like Lampard, I kind of always thought he'd be a manager eventually. just kind of seems like one of those players that would. Um, he's been linked with other moves in the championship and really below since he joined us, to be honest. And I know from interviews and all that kind of stuff that I've read and watched, he's really enjoyed his time at Villa. He seems like he's kind of become more of a well-rounded coach and kind of taking a different approach to leadership and all that kind of stuff. So maybe from the defensive perspective of looking after the defenders, um, maybe that'll hinder a little bit. Um, But at the same time, um, I mean, it feels like coaches move around more than players do these days, which is almost as surprising. So, um, you know what, it, it does suck. It's it's kind of one of those things where, oh, you have John Terry at your club. It's kind of, I don't know if it's great to say, but at the same time with the kind of quality of experience and knowledge he brings, it's, it's an invaluable asset you can kind of never um, really want to lose. But you know what, um, we move on and we move forward.
0: Last season, you finished 11th in the Premier League with 55 points. You was knocked out of the FA Cup in the third round, reached the fourth round of the League Cup. What is the target for Aston Villa this season?
1: Um, Actually, me and my co-hosts were actually having this conversation um, on Sunday, just trying to figure out what... Well, I guess there's three of us but out of the five, but we were just trying to figure out what was kind of the gist of where we'd want to finish, if what we'd be happy with. And the one thing we were floating around, really, was... Um, would we take a cup if it meant finishing, say, 10th or 11th again? What would that really mean? And, of course, we got to the cup final against Man City. I mean, they're in the League Cup final every year at this rate, so it doesn't really even feel like you have a chance. But uh, it, it's a tricky one for me. If I have two scenarios, if it's league, I, I would have to say top eight. Um, if it means cup success and league, I'd probably say um, well, whatever cup, What either of the two really... And maybe eleventh or tenth, I would think would be successful. I think this is another season where the pressure is adding on even more. It's ramping up even more, um, so it's really time to deliver. I think, and which to be honest makes me scared as an Aston Villa fan. To be honest, because the more pressure that becomes within our within our group of fans, it just yeah, it's not a fun place to be at times, especially when the results don't go your way.
2: <laughs> I think that's the same with every fan base. I mean, like I, <laughs> when true. I. I for for those listeners that are listening now, for, I I spoke to Cole on his podcast, and I sort of said that our fans can be a bit of a nightmare at times as well. You know, when things are going right, things are going wrong. They'll they'll find something to moan about. So believe me, I, uh, I we know about that one. Cole, you're preaching to the choir on that one. Um, just sticking with this season and targets for this season, everything etc. Et Dean Smith played a 4 2 3 it's easy for me to say, he played a 4-2-3-1 formation for the majority of last season. With all these players coming in, do you see a change of formation this season where you'd maybe look to play two up front to maybe accommodate Watkins and Ings, or can you see him going elsewhere, maybe playing one over the other? What what, what do you see formation-wise this season, Cole? Well,
1: it's an interesting one because um, I think when Danny Ings came in, which was probably the most, like, out of nowhere signing I've ever seen. There was like, I know some fans were like, I don't know, a few months back, one of our co-hosts even said, would love Danny Ings, don't think it's going to happen ever. And then just came out of the blue really. But uh, that was kind of the one that threw a lot of people off. A lot of people wanted another striker. It was just kind of maybe, you know what, someone that's maybe not as quality as Watkins that can come in and provide a little bit more of a spark than Wesley can. Um, And I mean, Danny Ings does that and more. I mean, he's proven at this level. So, um it's an interesting one I know he said he likes playing as a 10 two and kind of supporting and kind of feeding off of the guy in front of him so I mean it could be the same formation in a four two three one it could be a four triple two it could be a four four two um it could be you know what a three five two with uh two Zebi coming back as well on loan for his third loan in I think the last four years it's been um, from United um, it kind of just gives us a f- the flexibility that we didn't have for the last two Premier League campaigns. And for me, that's probably the most welcome thing. So so since I've started supporting Villa, which is around 2011 um, season, we really haven't had that flexibility. And it's honestly, it's really nice just to have a little bit of success. I've never honestly... Seen them finish as high as they did last season, so this is all foreign to me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, Ollie Watkins and Brendia, we've seen that they've both got um, little knocks. Um, Leon Bailey is in quarantine, not sure when he's coming out. Um, do you expect any of them to be available for Saturday?
1: Um, I mean, I could say this and be incredibly wrong, so I'll, I'll take my kind of recommendations and mm-hmm. maybe hopefulness with a pinch of salt, but um, <laughs> I probably imagine Watkins will be fine um, watching that friendly um, on I think it was on Sunday as well um, it didn't look like really much, it looked like he maybe just had a little bit of a tweak when he uh, went in for a shot on goal um, seemed to walk off fine, I mean that's just kind of a visual look at it I'd imagine he'll be at least on the bench I would have to say uh, Buendia hasn't featured I don't think since the Bristol City friendly I do believe or Maybe it was before that, I can't remember exactly. And of course, uh, Bailey's quarantining and should just be joining the side, I think, uh, later this week, so he'll be a little bit too early probably for the Newcastle game, I'd imagine. Uh, Ashley Young, of course, hasn't missed a beat, so he'll probably feature um, and maybe even take up that left-hand spot just above uh, Maddie Target. So he'll probably be, arguably, he c- could probably be the lone signing we've made this summer to feature, but uh, more excitingly for us, it's almost like uh, new signings of some of our youth players too kind of uh Philo Philogene Bidas as well um, kind of feel like new signings when you bring in these new guys too so um, those are probably um, well the one uh, new player I guess uh, old new player I guess with Ashley Young coming back and the two youth players probably being the ones that are most likely to feature at this point
2: yeah it's going to be interesting to see if Ashley Young does start what sort of reception he'd get at the Vic now obviously we all know that he said in an interview that he'd walk back from Italy to uh, to Watford if he was offered a contract. Uh, obviously, Villa was a lot closer if he was walking, so he uh, <laughs> decided to go there instead. But it'll be interesting to see what, what, what sort of reception he'd get. I personally don't have any problems with him going to Aston Villa and I, I certainly wouldn't be booing him if, if I was at the game on Saturday. But um, I, I think... This next question, I know my answer, although I was surprised because I did think he'd scored a lot more goals against us than he actually has. Turns out he's only scored three goals in seven appearances against us, but feels like he's scored like twenty goals in seven appearances. Um Cole, who is one player we should look out for when we play you this weekend?
1: Um ooh, good question. Um I mean, I I would love to say one of the new signings, but I don't really know who's going to play at this rate. Um, So that one's a tough one. Um, I mean, I guess I could probably say Danny Ings. Um, Yeah, there's nothing wrong with him. (laughs) Knock wood, wood, there's nothing wrong with him um, for a long time. Um, So probably him. I mean, he can really do it all. He can supply the ball. He can finish it off. So that's definitely something that, as much as Ollie Watkins had a fantastic season last season, Um, there were a lot of chances that probably someone like Danny Ings would have put away too. So I I think probably him um, and kind of looking at this game in particular, it does probably give the Villa fan base a little bit more confidence. I think if we were going into this with uh, probably Wesley up top, he'd probably be the only one fit if Danny Ings wasn't here and uh, Watkins was hurt to be honest, because Keenan Davis is also hurt too. So um that probably gives a lot of people a lot more confidence and I think it kind of lets us be a little bit more flexible in the middle too. So I'd have definitely have to say him.
0: Right, we're gonna throw you under a bus here. Let's have a score prediction for you.
1: Good question. Um, you know what? I'll go with the same one um that I had on our podcast. I'll go two one. Um I think it's gonna be close. Um as I said on our podcast as well. I'm sure Troy is gonna have some kind of input. Um, it's just inevitable I'm kind of uh, looking forward to him kind of rallying up our fans because I kind of enjoy that um, side of the game no matter who it is to be honest I just just think it's humorous nonetheless some people take it way more seriously than others but anyways um, yeah I'll go 2-1 yeah it's
2: it's interesting I mean I I forgot to mention this on on your podcast Cole but it's going to be interesting to see if he actually has any game time at all against Aston Villa or this season because Funnily enough, it might not be a season for him racking up appearances. But listen, it, we know he likes to, to play against Sevilla and it, it seems stupid not to play. him. So, as I said on your podcast, it is going to be a very, very interesting game. Uh, it's, it's, it's never easy trying to predict the game anyway, but nonetheless the first game of the season because so much could go, you know we've not endured the best results in pre-season, but with the season we went down, we won every single pre-season game, so pre-season results tend not to matter too much, so it is going to be an interesting one, What what is for certain is it's going to be great to see both sets of fans in the stadium you know, that noise from the away end the noise from the home end, it's going to be great to see a packed out Vicarage Road if you're lucky enough to have a ticket there, you know, really really soak it up and it's going to be so so good, my last game was the 3-2 defeat to Everton and that feels like an eternity ago so if you've got a ticket enjoy it but listen Cole we really do appreciate you giving up your time today um, you know if, if the listeners hadn't have guessed Cole is from um, over the pond so it's uh, it's early afternoon well, sort of early afternoon there late afternoon so we really do appreciate you giving up your time today Cole and uh other than the two games that you'll play us, we wish you the best for the rest of the season, and thank you very much for coming on. Uh, where can they find you, Cole? Where can they find your podcast and and everything to do with with seventy five hundred to hold?
1: Yeah, well, thank you very much for the kind words. Um, yeah, I am across the pond. I'm in Canada. So if anyone thinks I'm American, I'm not. I have to put that out there. I my almost mind. said America. <laughs> um, almost. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's all good. I, there's a clear distinction. Um, yeah. I do have American friends that are villains. But um, yeah, some people assinuate different things with Americans. So uh, Canadians are friendly. Don't forget this. But of course, anyways, um, yeah, if you want to find me um, on Twitter, it's at TalkAston Villa. Or if you're more inclined to kind of go through the meat grinder with more Villa fans, you can uh, find us also on Twitter at 7500 to Holt. And for any reason you want to listen to a Villa podcast, uh, just kind of search uh, Holtcast in any of your uh, podcast apps, feeds, websites, whatever.
2: Super stuff. Well, thank you very, very much. And best of luck for the rest of the season. So, some very, very interesting views there, Ben. Now, I'm a bit conscious of time, so we'll we'll, we'll keep it nice and sweet here, but what are you expecting from this Aston Villa side? Obviously, we know it's the first game of the season. It's very hard to predict what could happen, but what are you expecting? Are you expecting the the a tricky task, even though they might be without their three new signings or they might be without three of their strong players? Are you still expecting a tricky task regardless, or...?
0: Yeah, I think Aston Villa are always a difficult side whenever you play them, whether it's first game of the season, middle of the season or end of the season. Um, I think there might be a bit of a hangover after Jack Grealish leaving. I think that's going to be a massive impact on the club. Um, yes, they've brought in good players to replace them, but like we've just said, um, a few of them have got knocks. Um, it's whether we can keep Danny Ings quiet, really, for me. Serie um, yeah, I hope he's starting because we've seen Cathcart playing. In pre-season with um, Truce Econ so I'm hoping Siri A back in because I think he could manage Danny Yings really well but yes, yeah. Yeah, it, I'm not sure which filler I'm going to get there's, there's a lot of changes that's came in like players wise um, they've lost their best player is it going to be a hangover is it going to be right we've got new players in we're going to gel straight away it's going to take time for players to gel isn't it, it is. or is it because they've got lots of injuries that they're just going to be playing the regular side that it was last season and i think they won their last two games of the season and finished 11th so it was a good season for villa considering they was in a relegation battle with us the year before so and dean smith as well he's got them playing good football uh, the fans are starting to like him now i know um he was a bit hit and miss at first when he joined i know he's a villa fan and that but fans were a bit underwhelmed thinking we're Aston Villa we deserve a bigger name than Dean Smith but to be fair he's done a fantastic job for them to keep them up in the Premier League after they've been promoted after the playoff final stay up in the last game of the season then finish 11th last year I think they've done a really good job and to bring in Craig Shakespeare as well which all Watford fans will know great assistant manager and that's probably why we've seen a bit of success with Aston Villa over the last year
2: yeah absolutely we all know what sort of character Craig Shakespeare is and how well he can bring things behind the scene so um, before we give our predictions I just want to say a new feature which we're going to have this season is we are going to have a little bit of a a challenge between us hosts. Now, we uh, we do have an occasional host uh, in the form of James Batchelor from the Watford fan page, The Watford Way. Um, He unfortunately couldn't give his prediction in time this week. So, James, if you're listening back to this, very, very poor from you, mate. We expect better next week. But basically, just to explain it very quickly, myself, Ben and James will be up against each other. Every week, we will give our prediction. You get three points for the correct score and one point for the correct result and then we will keep track of it every week of the season and see who finishes on top see who knows it who knows it all when it comes to score predictions and, and when it comes to predictions in general so yeah just a bit of banter between us us hosts and just something to keep uh, a little bit of healthy competition as well so without further ado i'm going to completely throw you under the bus ben with our new feature what is your what is your prediction for this Villa game on Saturday?
0: Oh, tough one. Uh, I'm just excited to be back at the Vic. Um, oh mate, I'm so jealous. Uh, it's gonna be good. Um, oh, I've not done a prediction for so long. Um, I'm gonna go for a one nil Watford win. One uh, 0 Carry carry on the clean sheet from last season. And Troy Deeney penalty against the Villa.
2: Troy Deeney penalty. It wouldn't be any other way with Troy, would it? It really, really wouldn't. Troy against the Villa, it's just, it's bound to happen. It'll be interesting as well to see if he does play. Um, so, yeah, I, I can I can see that happening, Ben. I can see definitely Troy getting a goal against Aston Villa, as we all know, he loves a goal against them. I am going to go 2-1 to Watford. If Troy starts, he will score. I also think that we will see a goal from a new boy and I'm actually going to go that Etabo is going to get the second goal. It's going to be a close affair. It's going to be a little bit scrappy at times because it's the first game of the season and the team's trying to suss each other out and trying to gel. So it's going to be scrappy at times but I think overall it'll be a decent contest uh, and I think the the home fans are going to roar us to the, the finish line and we're going to get that 2-1 win. So Ben has gone 1-0. I have gone 2-1. James has had an absolute stink out and not giving us one so he's already going to be behind um so yeah it's going to be interesting to see if any of those come through but you know it's um i think i speak on behalf of every Watford fan. it's just going to be so so good to be back in stadiums back in the premier league and and just seeing us compete and hopefully stay up as well um that is the end of this podcast. We do thank you so, so much as always for listening to the podcast. Uh, We have tried to keep it as short as possible for various reasons uh, and we hope you've enjoyed the listening to this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the view of the opposition fan as well. Um, So, yeah, let us know your thoughts on how you thought the podcast went. We will be back on, um, well, it will be available for you guys on Monday morning but um, myself and Ben will be Recording on Sunday evening with a special guest to talk about the Watford Villa game as well. We'll announce who that special guest is probably on Friday, um, Friday or Saturday. We'll 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 keep it as long as we can. Uh, but um, yeah, from myself, Mike Duffy, and my co-host Ben Aiton we thank you so so much for for your continued support. Stay safe and come on, ons